episode 128 of Board Games with Barry and Hex is all about Moon. I'm Kelly, and in this episode, Aaron and I talk about a drafting and tableau building game called Moon. We did not feel the same about this one, but we've only played it once and had very different experiences. Without further ado, I'll turn it over to myself and Aaron talking about Moon. I think the moon is underrated. Generally speaking? Yeah, I think, you know, the sun gets a lot of credit. And, you know, it does provide all the energy for all the life on Earth and whatnot. The Oh, I thought for a second I thought you meant the moon. The sun gets all the credit because yeah. of all the energy for life on Earth. Okay. But the moon is nice, you know? Well, tides and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, that's something. Yeah. So you feel like we went to the moon and now everyone's just like, can't be bothered. Yeah, we can't even go to the sun, so. My phone, I have a Samsung phone. It takes incredible pictures of the moon it's really fun it's not real it just oh, it, knows, like it enhances them it knows what the moon looks like and then if you take a picture and it's like oh that blurry dot is the moon it will like impose processing magic to make it look like the moon you ought to be seeing and i think i don't have a telescope i imagine it would match if you were to zoom in but it just because it knows what the moon looks like I it wish I was able to. It like instantly photoshops a perfect moon into your photos. It's really fun. Yeah, you you take a lot of moon photos. I wish yeah. I could do post processing on the strategy I chose for the board game moon. Yes, which the idea is that you are like these groups of people on the moon, and you're making your own moon colony settlement, and you want it to be the most popular one so that it is the choice for the capital on the moon. I like theme in games. And all that. I had forgotten about that theme. I forgot about it too. So the components are all really nice. The cards are are very well done. The artwork's nice. The graphic, uh, the graphic design is easy to track and follow to know what you have and how you lay out. It's a card game. It's a drafting card game. How you lay out your cards. You sort of build a tableau in front of you of the resources that you're able to get, and you play three different eras. And all of that works very well it's very clear to see not only what you have sometimes it does matter what other people have we just play two player but you it's also easy to look at someone else's yeah good set of cards so that you can tell because you have these little rovers that you can send over to another settlement which, which we that, did not do very much you did not do it all i would point out uh no because if you keep the rovers that's how ties get broken there's two times of uh kind of cards resource structure cards you're building out some of them get you the resources and others give you these flags. I think the flags are representing different types of establishments you're building, basically. And so therefore, the kind of capabilities that you have at your settlement. How attractive you might be. And at the end of every era, which is like a set of you draft all the cards and you play them. And then at the end of the era, there's three eras. You evaluate who is like the most popular or most beloved for each type of flag, each type of like building. That you've made. So if you keep the rovers, it breaks ties. And in a two-player game, especially, maybe it's even more in a higher player game, I guess, you could have ties. But I think I mean in a two-player game where it's like, I get everything or I get nothing. You being able to win those ties is huge. I'm the person who's like, oh, I'm not going to do that piece of the game mechanic. Yeah, I think unless when the... When, when you're just like, yeah, I'm not going to use my rovers. When it's keep to yourself, when the option is keep to yourself, you, I, I love keeping to myself. Mm. Yeah, I'm really good at it. And this is the third game in 
a series of games by the same designer, same publisher. And each one of the games comes in this like long card box. And the lids are like offset. Like they have intentional box lift at the bottom. Like they don't yeah. fit all the way down on there. And they are one game away from the four of those games being about the size of a standard kind of tall board game box, like kind of tall as if it was sitting flat on your table. Yeah. Uh, high, I mean, I'm looking at them height. now uh, yeah. and I feel like it's you know, one more box still fits in a, in a like all four fit it, in, the, I think in, it would fit in a I think it would fit in a Calyx. Yeah. Across. It's not, it's not there right now at our house, but they are so nice next to one another. I would be lying if I said that part of my decision to back this on Kickstarter, I think it's going to come to general retail. The other ones have, I believe, was because I already had the other two. And now I have this matching box thing going on. Yeah, I don't know what they're going to do. They have villagers, which kind of speaks to like a time before. Oh, I see what you're and about. Then, and then I they have streets. And yeah. now there's moon. So like the fourth game seems like it's going to need to be very galaxy, very far out in the galaxy focused. I didn't even think of that. And that is the order also in, in which, which they, they were. Out. They released villagers, also tableau building cards. I don't think you are you drafting cards in villagers. It's been a long time since we played it. I don't remember. But you kind of create the, these villagers or all these different people with all these different skills and you're stacking them up, you know, to get points and win the game. Yeah, I forget the mechanic. Yeah, I'm not sure how, I don't remember how you acquire the cards. And streets, you're laying out, they're different, it's like squares, I think, that are each look like a building along a street. And so you're kind of putting those out collectively. So you're all together building this board as you play or building this tableau as you play. And you're putting out these different buildings along streets and determining when they're going to turn and go different directions. And of course, like all games, trying to get the most points or something. Uh, and I think of all three of them, I like Moon the most. Yeah, yeah. I Do think, you? No. Okay. <laughs> I said I was just I was just being agreeable. Yeah. Um, the boxes are all the same size. The games are progressively more complex, from the villagers oh. up to Moon. And I think there was a lot in it. And I, I mean, I think I just maybe wasn't ready for it. And I didn't have a fun time. I didn't yeah. seem to get the game until it was almost over. And that is something that. I have experienced many times in board games where I feel like, well, once I play it, then I'll understand what's going on. I think that's just less true for you. And I still can't quite figure out what it was about this one that really made a lot of sense to me. And it kind of just clicked because I didn't, you know, with Kickstarter games like this, there's content that's made beforehand where you can like watch right. gameplay. I haven't watched anything on it. I just was going in trusting like, oh, I'm sure it'll be great and bought it. So I'm not really sure what the difference here was that I like latched onto it and you didn't. I think the big thing for me is there's there's basically two types of resources or three types of resources in the game. There's points, of course, and then there's like little tokens that kind of represent the stuff you're collecting. And then there's flags, which represent the type of establishments that you've controlled. And then oh. in some sense, there's there's four types of cards, which can play into the, the different yeah. things. And I really leaned in heavy to the, the little bits and bobs that you could collect. And they just aren't that important. Right. So there are blue cards, yellow cards, pink cards, and gray cards. The gray ones just give you points at the end of the game. Right. I think all of them. Oh, no. Did I have one that did something else? Oh, yeah. But it was once in the game, but it worked differently. The pink ones are like an action you can take during an era 
and, but you have to flip it to do that. And then you can only do it once per era. Yeah. So you can get quite a few of them. I thought that was going to be a bigger threat to be like, oh, I can't get more than I'm able to flip. But that's it's not it's not a concern at all. The blue ones get you the resources. That's what you had uh-huh. built up a lot of. And they're yellow, green, gray and Ooh. blue. And they're very nice. Everything is nicely produced. They are circle discs. You didn't like that either because no, they, you were, they were hard to pick up. They were fiddly to pick up. Yeah. Yeah. I, I didn't feel that way, but they one side has one unit and on the back it has three. So you can kind of use that to. I never like that, by the way. I like to play with my yes. things too much. And then like. Then you have the wrong amount. I have four or one. I don't remember. Or two. I don't remember. You could collectively decide as a group that you weren't going to flip it over. And in a two-player game, I think that would be fine. Or just that they always were one, no matter what. Right. But if you were playing with more people, there wouldn't be enough resources to use them all as ones. Right. You'd have to use the three side. But yeah, I get what you're... When you have to be very careful when you grab it to make sure that you put it the right side up, that's yeah. true. So those I are did, the... I distracted you from now talking about the flags. Yeah, those are the blue ones. Uh, the blue cards you can play. And I... For both of us, we ended up with... I think that's the distribution in the deck as well mostly blue and yellow cards so the blue ones get you these resources they have an icon the resource itself is an icon and then there'll be like a dotted arrow kind of swoosh around the side of it because it's uh, represented as a circle a swoosh around the side of it and that means that at the beginning of every era you get those resources and when you just start your uh, initial starting base you get one resource and as you're going through each of these eras the resources are required do ramp up but I think we both expected them to ramp up more. Yeah, I just I just wasn't prepared for I it. I ended the work. game with a bunch of resources that I did not need. Yeah, and so, I, you know that's that usually means you've wasted turns. I thought that you would need more resources, just the way that some of the earlier cards were suggesting how many resources would be on later cards, all this kind of stuff. The last type are flags. They don't really get you in themselves. Were there were there things that you got on those flags? Or was it just the flag? Did those cards, did any of your flag cards do anything else? The No, the flag cards are... Just are do, they are just, just do the flags. flags. Uh, and for the blue resource cards and for the yellow flag cards, those are the ones where you can send your rover onto someone else's uh, settlement and use that. So if it's a flag, those flags are requirements for future building cards. Right. It's a resource. It's also a requirement for building cards. Um, so if you don't actually have the thing that you need on that turn, you're still able to get it. I like that that flexibility was there. You are correct that I did not end up needing it. Right. There's a, a an element that I just thought of that should have tipped me off that the resources didn't scale. And that is, in the first round, the resource cards provide you with one resource, in the second, two, and in the third, three. You get the resources when you play the card. So if you play a resource card in the first round, it will net you three resources throughout the game. Yes. In the second round, if you, if you play the two resource, it'll net you four resources be, because you'll mm-hmm. have the one... And then if in the third round... Well, no, you, wait, if it has two, it'll get you... S- four, because you only... Oh, you already... It's already the second. And you don't do the resource collection at the end. Right. And then if you play one in the third, you just get the three when you place it. So it's three, four, and three. So the cards that you're playing are only netting you... They're basically netting you the same or one different resource per card, even though they have vastly different quantities of income on them, which means that the resource needs probably not going to ramp up. I never would have thought about that. Well... I wish it's I had very, thought about it before I collected a whole bunch of resources. It's a good point. It didn't occur to me at all. And I wasn't thinking like while I was playing, I ended up having just enough resources at the end from a mild excess uh, when the third era started. Yeah. 
for me, that's something that makes it better is that the resources aren't too hard to manage. But on the point of the flags, there was one flag that neither of us built. We think that it's probably also in the deck less, but we don't really know if it was just kind of yeah, a weird shuffle once, so we scenario. Uh, and then as it got later and there were cards, we kind of ended up, we're passing these cards back and forth because it's, you know, playing past or drafting cards. It ended up that there were just cards in there that neither one of us could play. There are some things that will allow you to ignore a flag condition. Right. That's That's something that could come up. But it's definitely not guaranteed. And there is an inherent, whoever is the uh, first player of the round, they're these, I can't remember what they're called, expedition cards? Yeah. And it's just like a bonus ability. Sometimes it's not the bonus that you want. It might be that when you buy a card, when you play a card out in front of you, you have to pay another competitor the resources instead of sending those resources into the bank. But the one that's always in every round, otherwise you're picking a new one. One person is, well, everyone but the first player is picking a new one every round. The first player one lets you discard one of the cards in your hand and draw a new card from the same era right. deck. So near in one of the rounds, maybe it was the Maybe it was the third era. We I was were just doing that it card. every single yeah. time trying to find that card. Because at the end of every era, you're evaluating who has the most of each flag. And that's getting you points. And if in the no first round, it's three. In the second round, it's four. And in the last round, it's five. If no one has that flag, which was true in each one of the rounds, the first round, there were a couple that we yeah. didn't have when we went into era two. And then those were claimed, well, one of those was claimed at the end of era two. And then there was one going into era three that had the three, four, and five so 12 token points. on it. You're right, but I, it did take me a second to do the math. It had 12 points on it, and we, that we could not find a card. I got one at the very, very end. And then played, and if I had, so when I was pointing out, like, if I had yeah. gotten it as I was fishing for it, I would have had 12, you'd have lost 12, 24-point swing. You also may have been able to play, if it had come up earlier and you were able to play it, you may have... Oh, there's other cards that got more points. You might have been able to play another card that required it. I wasn't concerned about that flag at all. I I, was, And if I hadn't fished for it, you wouldn't have gotten it. If you weren't also... But you can't get too much into... I just, you know, I'm thinking about... Yes, on a different shuffle. Yeah, on a different shuffle that could be all completely different. In general, I liked that I felt like I did or always have options. There weren't a lot of turns where I felt like I really didn't have any, maybe one or two, where I felt like I really didn't have any good option. And that was very close to the end where I was just playing a card. I found it easy to evaluate or somewhat easy to evaluate the decisions from one card to the next, but it can have quite a few dependencies on points. We were getting near the end. I was looking at who was winning the flags or not in the last era. And then I was thinking, well, even if I win the flag, that's five points. Some of these cards have just straight 10 points on them. Yeah. Yeah. And it's hard. And it's tough to think about. So then you're but like, then well, I'm winning the five points. If you don't win them and it's right. So it's like, well, I might win the five points or it reminds me a little bit of Dwarf Romantic when you're doing the longest road there because you're all collectively playing. That's cooperative. And you're trying to the longest railroad or the longest river and you're trying to figure out should you leave something open so that you can get a super long river or should you complete an objective that's smaller but that may or may not ruin your ability to get the longest river so when you're doing those point evaluations of like how many points do i already inherently have and what's the point potential right of two different options if that's the kind of thing that you enjoy in a card game 
I think moon is a pretty good fit. I think you should go to the moon. So we're not done with the review yet. We're going to go through our regular things. We've already given a summary, rules, how it plays, all that. We didn't talk about the, um, the, the bronze, silver, and gold like objective cards. There were nine of those total, three of each. And you can claim one on your turn as long as you meet the requirements. And some of them, they give you a bonus or an ongoing ability. Yeah. And those were very helpful. I got one that gave me an ongoing ability to be able to use one less yellow when I build stuff. And if I didn't have that, I would have run out of resources. I would not have right. been able to, because I, at the end, what basically had zero. I, I had didn't have that. Left. I didn't have that. I didn't need that. You had tons of resources. Okay. I think that's, I think otherwise we've now covered everything. So is it good? I think it's a good game. I didn't like it. I think it's a good game. I liked it. It made sense to me. I sometimes in card games like that, I feel like it's not until I go through it once and understand what all of the options are going to be that I can really appropriately know what I ought to be doing. And I didn't have that feeling with this. It felt very like matched all the way up. What there was to do in the first round felt like obvious what would be good, beneficial. It felt easy to make those decisions. And going into the second round, it wasn't like the, the total nature of the cards changed right. suddenly. The patterns that you start in error one continue throughout the rest of the game. So there weren't like some weird shifts that happen that kind of undermine the things you were doing before. What makes this game unique? I don't think it's that unique. I think it puts together a bunch. Of, I don't think it's that unique. <laughs> like nothing. Um, I don't know that I know of a thing where there's like a an area control thing where you're trying to collect flags and then the ties, the points carry over. It's not a mechanic I've seen a lot. Um, yeah. It has little heart tokens that are of, of varying sizes, which is kind of nice, but it's not like even super unique. I think it just. It's I, very well produced. I think what makes it unique is that it, it does it does a thing that a lot of games do well which is of course not unique but it does it's, it's it does everything it does nicely right so it, it's unique in how it excels at what it's trying to do yeah but it's just it's a game it's a it's a game full of mechanics that we've, we've seen before it's not like there's anything new or clever yeah and that feels like you know that feels like a put down but i don't think it i don't think it should be i i think among games that are similar I would still be picking this over others. Yeah, I think it's good. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I didn't have a fun first playthrough, but I still think it's good. And I think that the the games like this, where it's a bunch of cards, and there has to be a balance of those cards, and also a balance of the strengths of the abilities, sometimes that will be more, uh, will feel more unbalanced in a two-player game, because one person gets the card that is way more powerful than anything else. And I don't think that was the case. I didn't feel like, well, we're, because you said you were hunting for this one card. I that think, was very specific to the deal. Right, that was specific to the deal. And I also think that the game is does not encourage you to hunt for one card because it all is pretty balanced. Yeah. So I don't think that you need to find that one card in order to make things Well, I mean, at work. that point, I was down by like 50 points. And if I didn't find that card, I was going to lose by 50 points, which is exactly what happened. But as you've said before, you will uh, read rules and maybe even before you've read the rules, decide a strategy that you're going to execute. It didn't work out this time. And I think that the strategy that you executed, you executed it really well. Tons but of resources. It just di it didn't it didn't mesh with getting the most points. Yeah, um, because you did have. Oh, I think as much as 30. Like yeah. I had a lot of them on the three side. Yeah. Yeah. And it wasn't because I fiddled with them. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was, I will say, 
that is something that you do have to kind of. And then it's it's sort of not fun to like draw the cards. You're like, oh, what do I have to do? I have to buy the cards. And like, you know, sometimes it's fun to like have three cards, you know, you want to buy. Like, I remember the cards I passed to you and I want to buy one of those. And I have the cards that I have in my hand. I want to buy that. And I have to like think, okay, do I have the resources? Do I need to take a collect resources step? And it's like, no, I have the resources. So, so I mean, even though that bit was easier for me in the last round, I could just play any card. It wasn't as, except for the one that I needed to flag for, but yeah uh, yeah so yeah it, thinking like, about what the other person because i did some thinking about like what could you play what could you not play oh but i'm what thinking did I like, need? what's what did in your I hand need? i think you're giving me back and can i still afford it yeah and if i give I'm it to you will keeping, you not play it i'm not good at keeping track of the cards i'm not seeing mm. not too much i there's a little bit of like i usually get when i we got eight cards it was a two-player game and i would split them between ones i wanted to play and ones i did not want to play I didn't reshuffle them when I handed them to you. You could have noticed a very obvious nah, pattern. I wasn't attention. Yeah, but I was, and I probably wasn't putting in the same, you know, what on front versus back each time. But that's pretty much, I just evaluate the cards in front of me and go from there. There would be some things that I'd decide against and then see them come back into my hand. There was a, all the resources cards are usually giving you those four colors of resources. There was one, I don't remember seeing another one, that gave you two hearts. Yeah. Instead, so instead of at the beginning of every era, but it was in the it was in the second, second era, era, so you only get four hearts for it. But four hearts is four points. Yeah, when you lost by thirty-five, you know it's... it. It all adds up. It all adds up. But yeah, I did. I won. How did I win by that much? Uh, it was a lot of the flags. I got a lot of the flags, so that was like fifteen or so points on average, probably at each round. I don't. I. I don't. Know. Yeah. The that. I had a card that gave me hearts for as many of the green resource as I had when the round ended. You had lots of green resources. I had lots of green resources. And then from gray cards, I got 30 or more just straight points. Yeah. And that was like a 10 card, an 11 card. I had one that was a, a heart for every blue card that I had. Um, yeah. I didn't know those things existed and I didn't feel like I had to search that hard to find those synergies. So was it easy to learn? I would say for a box, it comes in that little box and you're like, oh, long, slim box. Yeah, it's hard to learn for the expectations of the box. But overall, it wasn't that bad. And now I feel like that's true of all of these, which is my not not it's not really a complaint. But I know that I'll think about playing villagers and I'll just remember like, oh, it's just so many cards and different piles and everything like and I'll think, oh, that's right. It's a small box, but it's really not a small box game. I really liked Moon, though. Uh, I feel like that balance is the best out of all of out of out of all of them in Moon of it being pretty easy to learn. I thought the rule book was done really well. And I always like when a rule book gives you call outs like it did call out that if you get too many cards to flip, you, you won't be able, be able to, to flip, flip them all. Them all. Yeah. Now, and I said to you, I like when I'm reading a rule book and I say, oh, well, duh, because that just means that they have taken the time and effort to explain things thoroughly. And it's done also succinctly it's not a super long right. book there's a solo mode for it haven't haven't read that haven't played that yet but i thought it was like now that you know how to play it yeah would would you agree that it's be very easy to teach someone else how to play it or do you think it would be hard to teach someone else how to play it i think it's like in the middle oh you okay okay i want to understand what the thing is why like why do i find this so approachable 
and easy because I feel like this would be so easy to teach anyone else and, and would be able to do oh. it really quickly. Oh, no, I think people will get, I, I think there's a, a lot going on that, that will, hmm. yeah, I, I don't know. I think, I think some of them, you just got the game. Yeah, I know. But because that's not, because that's not the average thing that happens, I'm trying to understand like, well, what is it about this game that, that I, is causing I think, this difference? Like we're just finding just, ourselves on other sides of the coin and I'm investigating it. Maybe you just weren't held down by gravity and I was disoriented by the lack of it. Okay. Well, we'll just keep moving. Well, that was, I thought pretty fun. You, I didn't, I didn't, you know, I didn't care for it. So how do you feel while playing? Oh, I mean, I, I felt very frustrated, but that's just my own fault for picking a strategy and not not flexing. Like, it's not a reflection of the game. I felt pretty relaxed. No, I was annoyed most of the game. I was like, oh, I picked a thing and it's not going to work, and I don't really think I can come back from it. I found it all, there were, there's a lot on the cards, but it's all laid out pretty well. I think that that's the only thing where I could say that, like, oh, it maybe didn't quite meet the design standard and layout of everything else. The All the resources come in little tuck boxes. Oh, the that, tuck then boxes you are then, great. Yeah. You use the lids and the bottoms, and you perfectly have a and place to hold icons everything. in the top and bottom for each of the things to put in. No, it's it's very well done. And, like, yeah. I feel like if I played it again, I probably would feel differently about it. But I very much, it, it did not rubber band. Like, I put myself into that pigeonhole. Oh. I was not going to... and. I felt for most of the game like I was losing. I didn't tell you that because you get upset if I tell you I'm going to lose and then I come back and win. Yeah, because you come back uh, and win a lot. And I, I thought I had a couple strategies worked out where I was going to make a comeback and then you, you just were able to thwart them at every step. And, you know, maybe it's maybe some of it is the game flow, like the way that it carries you through the game. Like you get eight cards, you draft the eight cards, you play the eight cards, next era. Like the game flow for me felt like the pacing was really yeah. good. Like when it was over, I was ready for it to be over. Maybe in the last round, if there were less cards in the last round, I was ready to be over for the last round because I knew I was losing by. Okay. by 40 yes, points. yes, 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 yes. I yes, said, yes, I said before. Yes, yes, yes. But like, if you had six cards in the last round instead of eight, I would have been fine with that. But that's, and if the cards were like tweaked, if they needed to be a little more powerful to make that make sense, that is the, the only like the, it could have been just a touch shorter. The, the era three cards were quite powerful. I don't even think you would need to. To, them. to tweak them into yeah. in order to have there were lots less. of points available in the last round which which i mean i thought i thought oh when i saw the era three deck i thought oh maybe i have a chance but then it also obviously you saw the same cards i saw and you also scored lots of points in the third era yeah yeah so, it, it, i think it, it is true that maybe your decision of what you ought to play versus pass kind of gets get skewed by what era you're in like that doesn't necessarily feel the same all the way throughout the game but it seems like to me, it evolves in a way that is satisfying. So, in closing, we still don't have, we haven't, I haven't decided about any sort of official seal. But would you recommend this game? Would you give it a seal of approval? A we recommend, a top shelf, whatever? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. That felt middling. Well, I was actually trying to think of like the thing we would use. Oh. I was trying to make up a, a pun on the word gavel. Like we we smack the gavel and but I, nothing worked. No, I, I mean Dykes Howard does use a gavel. Ah, damn yeah. it. Yeah, I, mean, I thought about just tier listing it, and then we'd tier list all the games, and then it would be very easy at the end of the year when we're evaluating what we're gonna like keep or not that you're just looking at you know the bottom just the tiers, tiers somewhat inevitably. Yeah. How many tiers are there? Well, there's usually an S tier, which is the highest tier, and then it's like letter grades after A, that. B, C. Uh, D, also D. I don't know about if there's a. I probably F would give tier. this an A. It's not going to make an S for me. Yeah, and for me, this is 
Which is a high grade for someone who didn't enjoy the game. But I think, I think so. Fair. I think so. Yeah, that is a high grade. Yeah. Close to S tier for me because I just I had a nice time. Well, that's and great. I think that I, I do like it more than any of the other any of the other games in that series by that designer. Yeah. Yeah. That said, who would we recommend it to? Oh, not contrary to what you were saying about how easy it might be to teach other people. I feel like this is uh, if you're listening to this podcast, you should play the game probably. But I don't think like. Oh, so you're saying like gen like you not you don't need to be more not, specific than that. This is not a gateway game. Like it's a good oh. enough game. I don't think so. We just, we don't, we, we don't feel the same way about this game. So who should play, who do you think should play it? Okay, well, first I'm going to ask you a question. Do you think that like Seven Wonders is a gateway game? Uh, Yeah, I think Seven Wonders would be much easier to teach in this game. Disbelief is the, is the inaudible reaction that I had. Yeah, I mean, Seven Wonders has really clearly outlined. you still have the pass and play thing. Yeah, and then you have like five different ways to score points. But the five different ways are pretty defined. And then you have like a clear thing you're working the towards, which is building stuff? your pyramids. Yeah, well, I mean, the, it's science just, scoring, just a little mathy. The science scoring. If you haven't played Seven Wonders, you it's you get each of the icons, but then it starts doing it exponentially. Yeah, and then as well, and the military stuff. I, you know, and the military, you're doing these battles in between you your just, neighbor and. I think you just asked this question so that you could tell me you disagree with me. I mean, yes. Kind of, but I think that this is not more complicated than Seven Wonders when you consider you still have eras. Like it has a lot of the same stuff. To me, I think this feels simpler than Seven Wonders. There's less card types that you're putting out. There's less different ways to score. Everything's driving towards it. But Seven Wonders doesn't have resources. It has coins. It has coins, but not. It doesn't have like different colored resources, like four no, different types of resources. No, there's far fewer bits and. But maybe I just think and maybe bits and bobs are. Yeah. Maybe that's what you're saying. Like, no, 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 that's that's not the thing. Because otherwise, to me, this feels like you got errors. Well, and then you have to keep track of you have to keep track of your in-game accomplishments. You have to think like you know those nine cards in the center that we barely talked about at the beginning. Like once you meet them, you claim them. But you're, I mean, it's basically effectively a race. Like you're trying to claim it before the other person claims well, it. Well, you are trying to claim them. They have different point values. The and ones powers. That, and powers. The ones that I got, your yours were higher point values, and you end up with more of them. Mine were lower point values, but the powers I think I used a lot more. Right. And, and that think, was happenstance. I was trying to go for those, and you beat me to the first one, like in the first round. And I was like, I don't think that maybe I'm gonna be able to like race on these that well. Then just uh, turn my attention elsewhere. Yeah, but I think the managing i i think that that's a that's a rather complex and you think that's the claiming collective rewards claiming collective rewards and balancing your resources against your your opponent's ability like because here's the thing i yeah. passed you the cards and in a two-player game i think it's even more interactive i passed you the cards i know what you have i can predict when you're going to get there and whether or not it's worth it for me to try to attempt it and that's a, a an amount of thought that is uh, i think not present or needed in seven, well, seven wonders. wonders i think the way especially things like military what you're passing for military, what will then defeat you if you don't like get rid of it somehow and give you negative points. Like it's a, it's a big swing. You don't, I mean, it's a higher play count game typically, but when you're playing with less people, you see those cards come yeah. back. So I, I, I don't know. I would say there's similar things happening for sure between moon and seven wonders. And if you, if you like one, it's certainly worth trying. It'd be worth trying the oh, other yeah. and pretty good examples of when we're talking about mechanisms, 
some of these things is collective uh, claiming of like collective rewards that you have to claim individually, the different eras of cards and then passing and playing over different eras and things kind of scaling up as you keep playing the game. There's a lot going on there that is sort of just fundamental mechanics done really well. Yeah. So yeah, I, I would recommend it as a gateway game. And another, I don't know how much it'll be. One, I don't remember how much I paid for it in Kickstarter. Two, I don't know how much it is through retail. I think it's also nice about gateway games when they have a small footprint because maybe you don't want to dedicate one to two rooms in your house to board games. So if it's a really good game, I think there's a lot of replayability there in Moon too, with the way the cards are and what mix you'll get. Yeah, I agree with that. You got a final Moon pun? Or? I mean, I don't, I don't know if I have one that has sufficient gravity. To... Yeah, I thought I thought one was coming. I thought one was coming when you're gonna comment that you didn't have one. Thank you so much for listening to episode 128. Be sure to subscribe to know when new episodes drop. You can follow us on Instagram, X, and Twitch at Varian Hex. We have a website and a blog at VarianHex.com, and you can email us at podcast at VarianHex.com. We said there were tuck boxes inside, but they're tiny boxes with lids. You can see a picture of them on the episode cover. And Seven Wonders does have resources printed on the cards, but it doesn't have expendable resources. The next episode will be a review of the downfall of Pompeii, That's the game. This isn't turning into a history podcast. Unless you're listening to these in reverse, in which case you have 127 more episodes headed your way. The next one being Adam and I talking about shopping for ding and dent board games online. And that's all for now. Thank you so much for spending your time with us today. (laughs) 